What's up, everybody? It is Championship Friday. We've got Clemson. We've got North Carolina to talk about here. What is the best bet in front of you when it comes to this ACC championship game? Football season is almost over. Can't believe it, but we still have an opportunity to make you some money. We're going to talk about that as well as college football playoff expansion. And hear me out. ACC basketball might not be as bad as people were saying in the beginning. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Jersey Drake from Locked on Seminoles podcast each and every day. You guys can catch us wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as subscribe to our various YouTube channels. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Our friends always hook you up there. They have you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. We're rocking and rolling, talking about ACC championship game preview here. We've got North Carolina versus Clemson. It should be a good one, minus seven right now. And it might be a closer game than people are you know, alluding to. At first, I've seen some YouTube fans say minus 17. They're going to beat them by 10. It's going to be a blowout. Like, North Carolina has no chance. And yet, here we are. That's why we play the game. Crazier things have happened. Jizzy Drake, how are you feeling? We're feeling good, guys. We're feeling good. I just want to give a shout out to my beautiful fiance, Jessica. It is her birthday today. I'm taking her actually over to Orlando Disney World for the weekend, so it's going to be a good time. So, but I'm here. We're here to hang out, make some money, and talk about some uh, some a really good matchup with Clemson at uh, UNC. A thousand percent. Now let's start with Clemson, a team that has stumbled towards the end here. They lost against Notre Dame. They bounced back nicely, and they were able to, you know, win out until that South Carolina Clemson game that had them stumble up short. How do you feel like this team is? Where do you feel like this team is mentally going into the championship matchup? I really don't know because, in my personal opinion, I think this might be most likely DJU last game as a Clemson Tiger, and I'm not saying that as he's going to go to the NFL. I think he's going to transfer out, probably head all over back to the West Coast where he's from. I wouldn't be surprised if. UCLA pushes for her services, but overall to me, I it's interesting because this is basically the first time I think we've seen where Dabo hasn't had the, the true generational quarterback actually in the room. We remember he's had Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. We thought DGU was going to be that guy. Unfortunately, hasn't been that. And also Kate Klubnick, and while Kate is almost it's only what an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, he hasn't really been able to, I guess, show that he's actually the same caliber. So we're kind of seeing here that this is a team that quite frankly. I think Dabble wants to get bowl season kind of over, but you're kind of seeing where the chinks in the armor, where it's the wide receiver play hasn't been that great. The defense has been great overall, but you lose a lot of those pieces last year, so next year. So I think it's more of a question for how is this roster going to be moving forward for next season? So I think it's crazy that they still have won 10 games and people are this nitpicky. They're like, oh, we don't have a generational talent in the quarterback. We're not that great. Like, you know, whatever. I'm like, well, damn. I, I wish that was my team's problem, right? They found ways to do <laughs> <laughs> They've had, you know, opportunities, but Clemson still winning 10 games, still we're still in the college football playoff conversation for a minute there, you know, and I'm just like, okay, it's not good enough. And I, I guess that's what happens when your team's really good consistently. Who knows? I've, I've never experienced that, but it seems to be the case here. 
I mean, it's also it's the standard that you kind of it's it's because the standard that they have basically, right? I mean, you're basically you're hard on someone when you know what they're fully capable of over the entire. I mean, they've been good since what 2014, 2015. I think twenty fifteen was the year that kind of that the season started at seven years ago at this point. So you're expecting them to basically be the one sole AC member to kind of like not carry us out, but also like to showcase how good the conference is. But it also shows how bad the conference is. Like not bad, but like how much weaker I think AC as a whole. Is compared to other Power Five conferences, so I think that's kind of more of the uh, that's more we're talking about that we probably need to discuss probably heading forward. So sure. So in order for Clemson to win this game, what are like what two key things that they're gonna have to do? Um, probably honestly, they need to be a little more creative offensively. That's one of the big things that we've seen. That I think one of the critical things about Dabo Sweeney was he made those internal internal hires when Brent Venables left and when Tony Elliott left for the respective head coaching jobs. And what you see with the offensive play calling, it's it leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, Will Shipley can't do everything. Will Shipley's a very, very damn good running back. He is hard to bring down. I do not want, I would not want, I feel bad for the defense tackle like that kid because he's absolutely a beast. But other than that, like what exactly of the passing game for Clemson scare you? Uh, the offensive line's been actually been better, but overall, like, you don't see the confidence or even the fun that we saw with DJ within the first four games of the season, right? So to me, that's what they need to do. And then defensively, usually. My first one, you just need to make sure that the, the good Drake May doesn't show up. You need to make sure that the elite Drake May doesn't show up. Even even the even the bad Drake May is still a very damn good Drake May. That's a, <laughs> That's a great segue. Talking about my Heisman hopeful. Not really, but there was a time when we could have had a Heisman there in North I mean, Carolina. Should have, I mean, listen, he almost four thousand yards passing. I mean, let's let's let, let, let's be real here. That kid's a stud. He's gonna be really good. A hundred percent. I think we have seen in the past two games that Drake May is very much a freshman and, you know, we had some freshman stumblings in North Carolina, a team also stumbling into this ACC championship game, losing back to back games, losing to Georgia Tech, unranked Georgia Tech, losing to an unranked NC State and really just trying to save face to me. I felt like this North Carolina team got a little too big for their britches. Got a little excited. I already knew they were going to the championship game and, got, and it was hard to dial in and focus on these uh, last two because it, you saw too much ahead of what you need to do and try and win this championship game. What do you think about North Carolina and just how they have to try and push forward and hopefully even be competitive in this matchup against the Tigers? I mean, I think, and this is no shot at like NC State or Syracuse, but if they're able to hang around with Clemson the way they did, I think with with a higher caliber quarterback with Drake May, I think they can do the same damn thing. And if you look at Clemson's games overall, if you look at the schedule, the only team they really like kind of solidly kind of blew out, I think, was what Georgia Tech earlier on in the season. Boston College. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, and those two teams, like, we know where they are. We know what they are. Like, that's, those aren't kind of top three quality teams or even middle of the pack teams in the ACC. So to me, the way you've described UNC's defense over the court, kind of from the beginning to the end, how they've been able to hold on just enough to give Drake May kind of a chance to win. And that's kind of been a little bit of kind of your bread and butter when it comes to the upsets, right? So to me, sorry, my, it's uh, it's cold in my office right now. My throat's been going away for a little bit. So to me, with this, we you simply need Drake May to showcase that he needs to kind of grow up a little bit more. I know it's asking a lot for a freshman, a 19-year-old to do that, but I think that against the Clemson secondary, that is extremely weak. A.J. Terrell isn't back there anymore, neither is Tavon Mullen, too. So to me, overall, you need to showcase that, that you are the guy – you're going to be a Heisman contender for next season, not even a contender, maybe even a front runner for next season. So I think that we just need to have the Drake made that we kind of fell in love with over the course of the entire season to show up in this game. 
Yeah, 100% agree. I think the offensive line is going to have to figure out how to give him some time. Like, I think that Gainer has been a nice addition as the center for North Carolina. I think those receivers are going to have to figure out a way. It can't just be Josh Downs. Like, I think Anton Green's had a great year. I think, you know, he can keep that up. But I, I want Drake to utilize some other people. Um, when it comes to that receiving core, but also lean on your freaking running backs. Elijah Green has been a dog. Like he's been more than capable of showing that he can pass that or he can handle that rock. I will say that run defense is terrible and they don't have to figure it out against Will Shipley if they don't want it to be a long damn day. So please, all I'm asking is for fundamental tackling, wrap them up, you know, open, uh, what you call it, overfield tackles. Just give me a couple. You know, keep it close. You don't have to even have turnovers at this bad boy, even though Clemson is terrible sometimes at ball security for such a good program. I think there's opportunities there if UNC can capitalize on them. And I think Drake May is going to have to have a huge game because I can't rely on that special teams because people can't make kicks at the 30 yards, you know. It's just one of those fun things. But when it's all said and done, who do you have winning this game? So for me personally, right now the line is at seven and a half. I'm going to take UNC to cover this game plus seven and a half. And quite frankly, <clears throat> and quite quite frankly, I do think that part of like you know next season is going to be looming in the heads of a lot of these players whether they're going to the NFL, whether or not they're also probably moving forward. So to me, I will have Clemson winning this game probably 30-27, very close close game overall because I do think Gene Chizik will show a little lack of respect to DJU as a passer and kind of focus a lot more on that running game because your running defense is actually that porous. But to me, I have Clemson 30, uh, UNC 27. But I wouldn't be surprised, though, if we see that kind of like a 24 or 21 UNC score heading into the fourth quarter. Interesting. You know, I hope it doesn't come down to the last play because I don't know if Drake May can shine in that moment just yet. I think it might be one of those situations where it's a big learn from opportunity and they'll get back there. Maybe they'll get back there. Who knows with these new, no longer having coastal conversations or Atlantic divisions. So there's that. But if UNC is able to pull off this big upset, I think it'll show a lot of promise to what is to come for them. So I say it's going to be a 24-21 victory for the Heels. I got to be a homer. I think, I think that's going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't come down to a kick. Praise God. All right, let's talk more about some ACC sports here. We're going to transition into our favorite about basketball because we all know that magically enough, the ACC is still pretty decent at hoops overall. But if you guys are on the championship game mentality and you're ready to win some money, we strongly encourage you to hit up betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, news, and analysis. If you love sports podcasts as well, BetOnline has you covered. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed because you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and eSports. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Jersey Drake, are you all in on some World Cup action, or are you been chilling from the soccer? Sam, I have been so deep in the World Cup action, <laughs> you don't even believe. World, like, I'm a huge <laughs> soccer fan, a huge soccer fan. I played a lot of it growing up, and to uh -huh. me, whenever the the four year kind of period for the World Cup is probably one of my favorite times for the one the one and a half month time that we get with it. Uh, thankfully, the USA did you know kind of go through uh, with the win against Iran, but. I'm excited for seeing uh, Messi probably next round because I do think this is going to be a last chance. And I'm a big uh, Lionel Messi guy. so And I hope Portugal yeah. loses today because uh, I'm not a big Ronaldo guy. So <laughs> you, got, you got to pick your sides here. This is very true. Very true. Speaking of picking sides, it's ACC Big Ten Challenge. We had that happen over the week. Both men and women won 8-6. to six. 
for their, their respective challenges. So shout out to the ACC for the one final time. This is the last time we'll have the ACC Big Ten Challenge ever because the Big Ten is moving on. We're going to introduce ourselves to the ACC SEC Challenge going into next season, which I think it'll be exciting. We talked a little bit about that on the college Locked On College Basketball Show, but how are you feeling about the ACC Big Ten being done away with? I mean – I think there's a lot better programs probably in the Big Ten for basketball reasons for the SEC. I think I can think Kentucky, then also LSU. Those are two kind of solid ones, but the rest of it, I don't think it's as great, but I do think it's kind of nice to bring in some new games, some new teams to play against because every single season I had to watch FSU play Purdue for the past three straight years. So I would love to actually have like a new opponent overall. And then for the women's side of things, it was kind of nice for FSU women to kind of end big ACC Big Ten play with a win against Wisconsin. That was a very solid win. The FSU's women's team is now they're eight and one, so I'm not kind of stoked about uh, Brooke Wyckoff and the girls there. You know, I think it's, you ho- you got to hold on to that women's team because the men's team is a little bit stressful over there. Man, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the – I was watching the game, and I was like, their record is one and what now? It's come again? <laughs> hey, is it Louisville 0-7? I will say that we're not the worst team right now in the conference. <laughs> but y'all are fighting for poo-poo records right now. That's Ma'am. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Florida I mean, State won only one game. That's unheard of. I mean, listen, <laughs> I think you guys talked about it best the first game when you were only down eight scholarship athletes. Then yeah. you have a lot of players out due to injury. We have no big men. Uh, the NCAA suspended Baba Miller for, I think, what was it? He took a trip and then but paid the money back. But they're like, no, nah. you know, even though NIL amateurism, we're getting worried with that. Let's, you know, have to punish the kid and take away half of his year. But overall, to me, this is a team that, quite frankly, there is no true, I guess, number one or not even like even you know, number two or number three when it comes to basically when you watch FSU basketball, always remember like the bit not 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 only star players where it comes to Patrick Williams or Scotty Barnes, but you think of Terrence Mann, you think of Trent Forrest, people that the facilitators kind of leaders of that group. And right now we're still kind of waiting to see for that person to emerge. I thought it would be Caleb Mills. He hasn't been him so far. Cameron Fletcher, the Kentucky transfer, I thought it was gonna be a big, big piece. He's still kind of you know, finding his way there. But to me, overall, it's I don't know what it is, and I was of the belief that I think when Michael Alford, the new AD, came in, that this would be kind of one of Ham's, I guess, last season at FSU. I wouldn't be surprised if something is, is changed probably heading into the next season or even probably the middle uh, halfway part of next year because when you're an AD, you kind of want to have your own guy, even though to me Coach Ham is a staple of the school. Coach Ham has done immensely things for basketball, for the basketball program, and the guy deserves a damn statue, so. This is true. Now, I'm sitting here as an NC State person for a second saying, damn, y'all should have put us in the challenge. We would have gotten y'all the ninth win and got it pushing. But I'm not going to, you know, belabor the point. But some key wins, Clemson was able to pull it out. Wake Forest was a surprise victory over Wisconsin. Virginia had a good game and was able to hold on and beat Michigan. Then you look at the Wednesday matchups and you saw Duke, and Miami pull out wins, and then Notre Dame was able to finish it off. But my, oh, my, the one that I highlight the most is that North Carolina-Indiana game. Third game in a row that North Carolina has lost. This, these guys, Heg, tap the mic. ISO ball is not going to help you win any matchup. So if y'all want to figure out this, like, whole I'm the man thing in November, early December, cool. Conference play is starting on Saturday. We got to figure this out quick, my guys. Quick, unless you want this to be an even longer season. And didn't you guys also bring the like almost the entire band back together? My like Brady Manic. This whole Redeem team that was cute in 2017. We can't play this here in 2022. This, this is not going to work if you guys are all not of the same mentality. There was a different hunger 
And you can just see from watching that team, there was a want to by everybody. This ain't that team. I'm telling, I'm telling y'all now, don't pack no bags to Houston. Don't get excited. This team might not be in the top 25 after this weekend, which is crazy. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, start off number one. I mean, and I, I use Bart Torvik a lot. I think Ken Pound's really good. Bart Torvik kind of helps me a lot more with my game, like kind of understanding like where the fishes are with the teams. North Carolina has fallen, like I think, from number two in the country from Bart Torvik to number 27. I think number one in the conference right now is yeah. Duke, followed by Virginia at 16. So, yeah, I mean, conference play, though, that's kind of where you kind of find out how the team really is. And it's also – it's still really, really early. But like you're saying, it's coming up quick. It's yeah. about to happen for the rest of the month, too. And this is more importantly where – Hubert Davis and the boy kind of need to get together. Like, you remember how good we were last year? It's the same damn team. You got to figure yeah. it out. Or unless unless Brady Manic was that big of a uh, kind of a cohesive piece for the team. Very much so. But Pete Nance is actually a good dude and can play some defense. He's a shooter and a 3 and D guy. So I'm just like, listen, y'all better figure it out quick because I know Pete ain't wasted his last year on y'all. Don't, don't make this boy stressed out even more. But I will say play does happen today. Wake Forest takes on Clemson. And then we have Pitt taking on NC State. On Saturday, you'll see Syracuse and Notre Dame, Florida State and Virginia, and then Boston College and Duke. So some good matchups already out the gate, which, again, I'm trying to tell y'all, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, figure it out on Sunday. Miami and Louisville on Sunday. I don't know if North Carolina is going to beat Virginia Tech, but that's neither here nor there. We could have that conversation all day. Now, as we're rolling through the women's side, again, some really good matchups there. As you mentioned, the Florida State, not North Carolina coming from behind and having a big win. I think Deja Kelly is in her bag when it comes to just how she's playing, and so I'm excited for that. But, guys, listen. When it's all said and done, ACC basketball is in a decent place. I don't think we can panic just yet. Louisville and Florida State withstanding. <laughs> we're not too 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 bad off, right? Or I'm tripping. No, we're not. I mean, listen, one, it's early. I always say you never know what the team really is until probably end of January or mid, mid, middle of February. We're just starting conference play. But overall, all the teams look good. I mean, the top half of your teams only have, like, what, one, one loss, a minus the UNC having three and Duke having two. But yeah. also they've played very, very good teams too as well overall. So to me, I think conference-wise, we're fine. And the women's side, you're seeing teams that kind of, you know, are coming back from worse years. And I know uh, Florida State's women's team wasn't the best last season. And now they kind of have a heart to the 8-1. So overall, I think we're in a better place than kind of we kind of imagined ourselves to be. Yeah, I agree. I also think that, like, we said this last year where people were writing off the ACC and saying, oh, only one team's going to make the NCAA tournament. And look how magically it all came together. So, but I will say I am excited for ACC SEC because I think some like future Duke Kentucky matchups or North Carolina and Auburn matchups will be fun and stuff like that. But man, oh man, RIP to the ACC Big Ten. There, there were some good moments, some really good basketball when, when it was all said and done. As we transition, though, throughout you know our time talking about ACC sports, there is this lingering conversation going back to basketball, going back to football for college football playoff expansion. It has been agreed upon to add twelve teams until what twenty twenty four, and I'm just sitting here saying. At least we'll have one in that bad boy. Clemson would have held on if we had the college football playoff as it stands right now. But I think Florida State could have probably squeaked in when it, when we're talking about some of these standings as the season has progressed. Yeah, when you look at the projected bracket, it actually had Florida State at number 11 for the CFP. And they'll be playing Alabama in the first game. <laughs> and quite frankly, that's a game that I actually will pick FSU to win primarily because I don't 
the SEC this year has been really weird. It's also kind of the weakest SEC that we've seen in quite some time because the transfer portal, has, I think, has created much more parity across the entire college football landscape. And mm-hmm. then FSU will play TCU after that game. To me, that would be – you. we would have at least representation in two separate teams. But to me, moving the team – moving the amount of 12 teams is going to, one, also have bring more football. And, two, we talked about last year how kind of a lot of these bowl games are not – I want to say useless – but they're just not something that we really kind of like, you know, look forward to mostly. So it will get rid of some of these bowl games that, you know, that are kind of, you know, they don't mean anything. Uh, a lot of kids are opting out, getting ready for the NFL as they should be, kind of, you know, get your money and all that. But to me, overall, it's good for the football. It's good for the brand. It's also good for the longevity of these players too. So, You know, but we talk about the expansion, right? We've seen yeah. some of the top heavy teams. It is what it is. How much more pair or how much, I guess, how many more teams, games, potential injuries do we need to see before it really just boils down to a Georgia and, let's say, right now, Michigan, right? Do you, do you think that this would even be competitive games when you talk about these uh, college football playoff matchups? Like, are we going to just end up with the same group? I think I, – I honestly think now with the transfer portal, the way it's been kind of like – I mean, you've seen just over the past few days, like hundreds of kids, like under the portal. You've seen, I think, Miami lose eight kids. I think we've lost two. You have you know, Alabama losing like six or seven. You're seeing a lot of these high tier quality players who basically are second are, are can't break can't be breaking you know the starting role or are brother breaking too deep. They're going to these smaller schools like a TCU, like mm-hmm. you know, like 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 a UCF too as well, and they're and That's they're true. becoming ranked teams. So to me, I think not not immediately it's going to cause that, but I think further down the road, I think it's definitely cause cause probably more competitive games overall. Even though I will say you'll still see kind of schools. Like the Georgia, and I don't know about Michigan. I, I, that I need to see a little for a little bit longer. But maybe Georgia, Ohio State. Um, and, but to me, overall, I definitely think it's going to help. But I do think that what we need to do is probably limit the games in the versus a little bit smaller to solely conference games. And you take those smaller games against smaller schools like the HBCUs. You do one in the spring game, kind of change like a spring game to me, kind of uses at this point. So you pay them to come in the spring, and then you pay two teams kind of in August for a preseason game have a running clock, and that way they still get their money, still get their bread, but that's my ideal world, and unfortunately my ideal world isn't, you know, always working out to be so. Should we get rid of bowl games? Um, As a gambler, I want to say no. <laughs> as someone that I, I think you need to get rid of a majority of them, because I do think some of them, mm-hmm. like, no, I love. I live in South Florida. The Boca Raton Bowl is great, but unless, like, I mean, I know it was for some of the kids, it's their last chance to play. They really want to play, so that's kind of why I don't want to get rid of it. But there is some mm-hmm. case where there are some bowl games that we really don't need to see. So, so yeah, majority of them. Yeah, I feel like the New Year's Six bowls cool. I feel like the you know all of the big time bowls and blah blah blah, blah Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, things like that. Blah, blah, blah. Cool, keep it. Blah blah. blah. I do think, though, you know, the cheap Popeye's you know, bowl, the Cheez-It bowl, the mayo bowl, things like that, it's all just become more gimmicky. And then it has – it's almost like AAU football versus, you know, actual hard nose, whatever, what have you. And with people opting out, like, they started to see the trend, you know, early on, maybe four or five years ago. I, why would I play in the bowl game if I, had, if I didn't make – if I didn't have one of the 12 teams to make college football play, why am I playing in the bowl game? I mean – you're right. It's also like it's, like it's like it's one of those things where it is probably the, some kids last chance to play football. I guess they, that's maybe the only that's thing true. I can think of. Like I, I and like when you know when it's your last game. Like you, I've seen like you know friends of mine like in high school like they know it's their last high school game because like I love my boys, but I'm good enough to play in college. Even D two or D three, but overall like I mean that's mainly for them. But also it's 
that's why I think you need to limit the games overall. Like, if you want to keep the whole games, you need to kind of move around everything because we can't be having these kids play 18, 19 games and we ain't paying them. So, that, to me, that's, that's where I need to protect the kids too as well. So, 10 games, conference games, I think that will work out better. I, I hear you. I hear you a thousand percent. Last games potentially playing for Drake May at UNC. Who knows? Rumors? No, I'm just kidding. No, nah, Sam, you know, Sam Harmon's going to go to UF, so it's all big deal. You think so? No. no I, think that's rumor. Be, I think he needs to be done with football. I, I I, yeah, I think he needs to take that Wake Forest education, go to some Fortune 500 company, and make your money and chill. Because, bro, listen, you don't, you're, you're really good. You're very good at what you do. But I don't need you to be taking hits out there when you're 30 years old. Chase Day, I mean, he could have a Chase Daniel career. Like, he, he could, could be awesome. He could. He, he could, could be a too. solid pro, a solid backup, you know, all the things and come in when he might necessarily need to. And I'll, you know, fine, whatever. But I definitely, I, he's not playing at Wake Forest, I don't think. But people were sitting here saying that he might, Drake May might not stay at North Carolina because he had better pastures going somewhere else because of NIL. And I'm just sitting here saying, guys, Drake May is not broke. I promise you that. He don't need the money. Like some kids, listen, they going wherever the biggest dollar. I'll, I understand everyone has different financial means, economic goals, but I don't think Drake May needs that. Now, crazier things have happened. I would be shocked if my boy said, eh, I'm good on here. Because why not be the man where you could be the man at? And, and at a big name school, it ain't like his Podunk University. And isn't his brother, he, didn't his brother go there? His family went there? His brother did not just go there. His brother shot the shot of all shots against Kentucky to give them a national championship, but to keep them in national championship conversation and eventually win the national championship. So, like, he's a legend in his own right. And then you had the first year that you've had, you're literally UNC royalty. Why would you go anywhere else? A man does not need to buy a beer when, when he turns 21. He does not need to buy any beer like when he turns 21 never goes anywhere else. But Brandon Armstrong did go into the transport, and I'm very interested yes. in kind of where he lands because I think that's someone that actually has a talent capability to kind of be moving forward to the next level. So I would love to see kind of where he lands. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a big 12 spot, and that'll actually probably be pretty good to see. I would be interested also to see where Jeff Sims lands because I think that he has an opportunity to really be a part of a good offense and maybe have a coach that vibes with him. I don't think him and Key were going to ever make it out. <laughs> that would work because the way Key was talking about whether he's playing or not playing, he got really dicey, and I'm just like, it's not a good vibe. So I definitely see why he is in the portal, but he could land somewhere good and actually make – a nice, you know, second half to his career. No, I kind of agree with that. I, I was probably part of the uh, Jeffsons fan club when he committed to Florida State back, I think, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He's got dynamic legs. To me, it reminds me a lot of Jordan Travis before he became the career pocket passer that he is now. So, to me, I would love to see him maybe go over to, like, I think SMU is moving to the Big 12. That would be a good spot for him with Red Lashley, kind of the up-tempo, quicker offense, too, as well, uh, with shorter reach. So, that would be kind of good to see as well. Yeah, and ending the conversation going into next year, the bets on Jordan Tra- Jordan Travis winning the Heisman. I know those got to be going crazy. Listen, that man <laughs> is the darkest of dark horses when it comes to Heisman containers right now. But even though to me that's a kid that you saw on the Florida game, I've been able to talk about it. I wasn't able to talk about it last week where I had kind of had FSU kind of dominating them. Unfortunately, the defense didn't show up for the first half, but I mean, that's neither here nor there. But Jordan Travis kind of showcased how important he is to this team mm-hmm. with 200 passing yards almost 100 rushing yards. The kid was just nails the entire time. And this is someone that for the first time in his entire career, he was able to stay fully healthy minus a half actually over at Louisville. So to me, that's a kid that he definitely should be probably top five list for Hyden Kennedy next year because C.J. Stroud will be on the greener pastures. So will Bryce Young. And that's a kid that he can do both. 
And if he's able to say his offseason kind of stay fully healthy, put on a little more size, I wouldn't be surprised if, he, if FSU kind of heads into 2023 as, as a top 10 team in the country to watch out for. A thousand percent. All right, guys, make sure that you check out tomorrow's ACC championship game at 2023 Subway to 2022. Ooh, I'm already ahead of myself. Subway ACC championship game at 8 p.m. on ABC. Clemson takes on North Carolina uh, Drizzy Drake predicted Clemson to win. I have got North Carolina. It's a minus seven and a half right now. We're definitely saying Carolina will cover that. Good to go. Wrapping up the show. And there's a lot of ACC basketball happening this weekend. Conference play starts today, and we're going in through to Sunday. So make sure you guys check all that out. We'll have Monday recaps of the championship game with Kenton Gibbs, a good, bad, and ugly for the game. And then we'll be on to greener pastures talking about ACC basketball, which is crazy. There's a lot of good storylines there. We'll talk about all of that next week. So we look forward to jo- look forward to you joining us for Candace Cooper and Jersey Drake. Until next time.